Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The third law of the kingdom, which I refer to as the law of reverence. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20, reading from verse number 7. Exodus 20, reading from verse number 7. The Bible tells us, they said, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. From this verse of the scripture, we see three important things. Okay? We see three important things. The first thing we see is that the importance of the name of the Lord. Number two is the proper attitude towards the name of the Almighty God. Number three is the consequence of irreverence attitude towards the name of the Almighty God. In other words, when you read that particular verse of the scripture, when you read Exodus chapter 20, reading from verse number 7, what you will see there is this, that God Almighty wants us to know the importance of His name. That God wants us to have a proper attitude towards His name. And that God Himself wants, you know, tells us the consequence of treating His name in an irreverent manner. That is what that verse of the scripture is telling us. And in plain English, the Lord is saying, I care about my name. You should also. The Lord is saying that I do not mess with my name. You should not mess with my name. Number three, the Lord is saying that I treat my name special and I do better treat it special also. In other words, if you don't do what the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying there is going to be a consequence. Okay, if I take this jacket now and I use it to clean my shoe, it is very, very easy for my young brother here who is sitting in front here to take that same jacket and use it to clean his shoe because I have already set the precedence. I took my jacket and used it to clean the shoe. So he can always see it. He can interpret that to mean that my jacket is a rag that he can use to clean his shoes. Okay, but if I take my jacket and I put it on and I spit up like this and I make sure that it's the best thing that happens upon this earth, he will not even dare to even think about using it to clean his shoe. That is basically what the Lord is telling us. I treat my name special. My name shall be revered. My name must be respected. My name must be feared. You don't just take my name and attach it to anything. You don't just take my name and do whatever you are doing with it. Basically what the Lord is saying is that the Lord is talking about respecting and reverencing His name. The verse is about honoring the name of the Almighty God. So the law of reverence, which is the third law of the kingdom that we are talking about, is talking about respect and reverence for the name of the Almighty God. So the question is, what is the law of reverence? The law of reverence simply states that you cannot serve a God you do not respect. Okay? You cannot serve a God you do not respect. You cannot serve a God that you do not hold in high regards. You cannot serve a God that you think that is not even worthy of your worship. 
You cannot serve a God that you cannot bow your feet to, or that bow your knees to. You cannot serve a God that you do not respect. That's basically what the law of reverence is talking about. And the way you show your respect starts with the name you name, starts with how you, ref, how, you, how you refer to that particular individual. How you talk about that particular individual. How you respect the person or the name or the symbol that represents that particular individual. The question that now comes to mind is this. What does it mean to take the name of the Lord in vain? What does it mean to take the name of the Lord in vain? Okay? Taking the name of the Lord in vain takes a different, takes different, different forms. Take different formats. The first form it takes is it takes the form, what I refer to as the hypocritical form. The hypocritical form means that you are making a profession of God's name, but you are not living to that particular profession. That is the hypocritical form of taking the name of the Lord in vain. In other words, people call you a Christian, but your life is not the life of a Christian. In other words, people associate you with the Lord Jesus Christ, but your life does not represent the Lord Jesus Christ. That is taking the name of the Lord in vain. Because what you are doing is you are doing a hypocritical association with the name of the Almighty God. In other words, anytime they see the anytime they see the Lord Jesus Christ, anytime they hear the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, anytime they see you, what they do is they associate hypocrisy with the name of the Almighty God. And the Lord says, I'm not going to take that very lightly. Number two. How do we take the name of the Lord in vain? We take it by the covenant breaking form. Okay? The covenant breaking form. That is not keeping the promises you made in the name of the Lord. When you are talking to somebody, say, by God's grace, I will do X, Y, and Z. By God's grace, I will do X, Y, and Z. But you turn around and you don't do it. And then people look at you and say, but after all, you promised in the name of the Lord. So you take a name of the Lord, number one, through hypocritical form. Number two, through covenant breaking form. Number three, through careless use. Through careless use. Mentioning the name of the Lord to support every frivolous claim. In other words, you say, oh, this particular paper is awesome. God knows it's awesome. What is awesome about a piece of paper? Okay, but that is a different story altogether. That's a, a misuse of word. So the careless use form is when you begin to attach the name of the Almighty God to everything that is frivolous. Number four, how do we take the name of the Lord, name of the Lord God in vain? We take it by we take the name of the Lord God in vain by making by by the false swearing form. That is swearing to something that you know is a false claim. You know you are lying, and you are saying God knows. God knows that you are lying. You know that you are lying, but you are attaching the name of the Lord to it. Okay? So that is the false swearing form. Calling the name of the Lord to support a false claim. That is taking the name of the Lord in vain. And then number five, which is the outright disrespect form. Where people simply just take the name of the Lord and just disrespect the name of the Lord. Just because probably they have an issue in life or they are not happy about certain things in life or they are just not happy about the way life is treating them. They, they have what is called the outright disrespect form. And that is another form, you know, of taking the name of the Lord in vain. Now, if you look closely at that verse number 7 of Exodus chapter 20, if you look closely at that verse number 7, what you will find is the Bible tells us, it says, if anyone engage in this kind of behavior, in other words, if anyone takes the name of the Lord God in vain, the Bible tells us that the Lord will not hold that person guiltless. In other words, if you decide to mess with the name of the Lord, if you decide to take it the way you want to do it, if you decide to take it in a hypocritical format, if you decide to do it in a careless format, if you decide to do it in an outright disrespectful format, the Lord says that he's not going to take you, he's not going to hold you guiltless. Okay? The question is why? Why will the Lord not hold you guiltless if you take his name in vain? Why? Okay, let me begin to suggest one or two things to you. The first reason is because 
how you treat the name of the Lord reflects your view of God. Okay? How you treat the name of God reflects your view of God. If you like somebody, you can tell yourself when they mention the name of that person, what happens to you? The way you respond changes. But if you dislike somebody and the name of that person is mentioned, how do you respond? You know how you respond. If you look at a particular politician, you don't like him. If they mention the name of that person, how do you respond? You know how you respond. The same thing. The Lord is saying that I will not hold you guiltless because the way you mention my name is a reflection of your view of me. It's how you see me. That's how you call my name. If you see me as a honorable person, you call my name honorably. If you see me as a dishonorable person, you call my name in dishonorable in a dishonorable fashion. So the Lord Almighty will not take it lightly with you because it reflects your view of God. Taking the name of the Lord God Almighty is more is more about your view of God. Number two, the how you treat the name of the Lord reflects how you value the Lord God Almighty. It reflects how you value the Almighty God. If you value the Almighty God, if you place God on a high pedestal, if you high, if you value Him as the Lord God Almighty, you will not mention His name to support frivolous claims. You will not mention His name to support things that are outright false. You will not mention His name in outright disrespect. You won't do it. You won't do it. But if you if you don't value the Lord God Almighty, that is when you begin to attack all sorts of explicit at the back of the name of the Almighty God. So number three. Why would the Lord God Almighty not take it lightly with you if you mess with his name? It because it reflects the value, not sorry, reflects the place of God in your life. Where does God occupy? Does God occupy a central place in your life or does he occupy just another place? Or is this just one of those things that you have to do? It's just like coming up to church in the morning and then you wonder, is this something that you just do or is this something that you value very well? That is why the Lord will not take it lightly. It reflects God's place in your heart. And then finally, Finally, how you treat the name of the Lord reflect the estimation of the Almighty God. How you, you know, you reflect your estimation of the Almighty God. Is it the most high God or is it just any other God? Is it one of the many gods or is it the special, the Almighty God, the God of hosts? Is it that particular God to you? That is why the Lord takes it very, very important. Taking the name of the Lord in good is more about the respect you have for God. So it's all about respect. It's all about how you see God. It's all about everything that reflects to God. Now let me ask you this: How would you call? Would you? Is anybody here whose father is dead or alive will call the name of his father and add an explicit at the back of it? Huh? Will you do that? Most people will not. Most reasonable human being will not. You will not call the name of your father and then put mm, at the back of it or put something up before it. Just like some movie people think it is funny to call the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and add the and add the F word at the back of it. Would you do that to the name of your father? Would you do that to the name of your... Would you even do that to the name of your own wife? That say, if you say you love your wife or you love your husband. If we don't do that, then why do we do it? We don't do that because, number one, the view of our fathers. We view our fathers very highly. We regard them highly because we value our fathers. That's why we don't do it. We, because we respect our fathers. That's why we never add an explicit to the back or in front of their names. We don't do it because we value them. Because we respect them. So when God says, I will... Do not take my name in vain. He's talking about you respecting his name. He's talking about you re referencing his name. Now, some may say, the question that some may say is that, why is the name of the Lord so special to God? I mean, why? I call your name in a certain way and you want to punish me. Why is it so special? Why is the name of the Lord so important? Why is it so important to God that we respect his name? Why? Okay? Why is it so important? The reason is because God... 
the reason is because God's name represents number one. It represents His glory. Okay? The name of the Almighty God represents His glory. The Bible tells in the book of Psalm 29 verse 2. It says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The name of the Almighty God represents His glory. Number two, the name of the Almighty God represents who He is. Isaiah 42 verse 8. It says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory will I not give to any man. Neither my praise to any any graven image. In other words, the name of the Almighty God, number one, represents His glory. Number two, it represents who He is. Number three, it represents His honor. In other words, when the Lord says, I will do something, and He puts His name behind it, it represents His honor because He will do what He says He will do. Okay? And not only that, it represents the character of the Almighty God. The name of the Almighty God represents His character. So when you begin to insult the name of God, basically you are insulting the character of the Almighty God. In other words, the name of the Almighty God says a lot about Him. The name of the Almighty God reveals His creative nature. Okay? The name of the Almighty God reveals His creative nature. That's why we call Him Elohim. Okay? Elohim, God the Creator, the Mighty and the Strong One. The name of the Almighty God reveals His preeminent nature. That's why we call Him the Lord God Almighty, the Eloha. The Almighty God. The name of the Almighty God reveals His mighty nature. That's why we call Him the El Shaddai. The name of the Almighty God represents His present nature. That's why we call Him Jehovah. The ever-present God. The name of the Almighty God represents His authoritative nature. That's why we call Him the Jehovah Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat. The Yahweh, the Jehovah Lord of Shabbat. And that's why we call Him Lord of Hosts. That is why, because the name of the Almighty God represents His character. It represents His nature. It represents His everlasting nature. It represents His righteous nature. That's why we call Him the Jehovah Sekenu. Okay? So you see that the name of the Almighty God is very, very much attached to the person of the Lord God Almighty. Okay? The name of the Lord is attached to the person of the Almighty God. So when you disrespect the name of God, you are calling into question the divine nature of the Almighty God. That's what you're doing. The very minute you disrespect the name of the Almighty God, the very minute you begin to question, you begin to ask, you begin to, you begin to treat the name of the Lord God Almighty as if it's something that is, as if it's something that is vile. What you do is that you are actually disrespecting the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are disrespecting the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are disrespecting the person of our Lord, of the Almighty God. But when we truly understand who God is, it will produce in us a fear and a reverence. Okay? It produces in us a fear and a reverence. So when the Bible says, do not take my name in vain, God is, is it's a very, very serious matter. God expects us to respect, reverence, and fear His name. But the question is, what does it mean to fear God? What does it mean to fear God? What does it mean to reverence the Almighty God? What does it mean to fear God? What does it mean to reverence the Almighty God? What does it mean not to take the name of the Lord God Almighty in vain? Okay? Now, before I answer that question, I want to give you two terms. I'll define two terms so that you can understand what I'm about to say, and then we'll now link it up with that particular definition. So the first one I want to talk to you about is what is called Seville. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing it right, but it's called S-E-R-V-I-L-E. Seville. And that talks about the severe kind of fear or severe kind of reverence. And what that simply means is that it's a kind of reverence that is dreadful. It creates anxiety in the heart of the person. And it's more like a, 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 frightened, a, a frightened, clear sense of danger presented by another person. In other words, when we are talking about the severe kind of fear or reverence, we are talking about the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a posture that it makes a servant to be afraid of a very wicked master. 
In other words, you are a particular individual and you are simply afraid of what your master will do to you. You are living in constant fear of what that particular master will do to you. That is not the kind of fear that God wants us to have. God does not want you to live in constant fear of his presence. Constant fear of him. So that anytime you hear his name, you are now starting. No, that is not what God wants you to have. Okay? So, severe refers to a posture of servitude towards a very, very wicked servant. A very, very wicked owner. Like I said, that is not the kind of fear that God wants us to have. God wants us to have a different kind of fear, which is what is defined in the second one, which is called the filial kind of fear. And what I mean by filial kind of fear refers to the kind of fear that a, fa- a son has for his father. Okay? The kind of fear that a daughter has for his mother. It's not a fear that is always afraid of what the father will do. But it's a fear that I don't want to offend my father. I don't want to do anything that will make my father unhappy. I don't want to do anything that will make my mother unhappy. I don't want to do anything that will make them to begin to be sad concerning me. That is the kind of fear that God wants us to have. It refers to a reverence that a child has for his father who he dearly loves and he wants to please. Okay, that is the kind of fear. It's referred to as a filial kind of fear or reverence. It refers to a holy fear or an anxiety of offending the one we love. Not because we are afraid of torture or even punishment, but rather because we do not want to displease the one who we consider to be the very source of our love and security. In other words, you are you love your father so much that you don't want to do anything that will make him unhappy. You want to always please him. You always want to make him happy. That is the kind of fear that God is talking about. That is the kind of fear that God wants us to have. And you see, so when the Lord is talking about fearing and reverencing his name in the book of Exodus, that is the kind of love that God is talking about. He's talking about the, the kind that a child has for the father who he dearly loves. That is the kind of love. Now, before we go on, I just want to clarify certain things. There are people who believe, you know, there are people who confuse the spirit of fear with the fear of the Lord. There are two different things. There are people who confuse the spirit of fear with the fear of the Lord. The Bible said that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. In other words, God, but God expects us to have what? He expects us to have a holy reverence, a holy respect, a holy fear for who he is. So there are two different things. God is not asking you to have, he's not giving us, he's not telling us to exhibit a spirit of fear, but he's expecting us to have what is called a holy reverence. There is a difference between the two of them. And when people confuse them, whenever you tell them that they should have respect in the church, they say God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the spirit of fear, we're talking about reverencing, respecting the name of the Almighty God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So, what does it mean to reverence God now? To reverence God, therefore, I'm sure it should be up here. To reverence God, therefore, means a respect, submissive attitude of mind, resulting in affection and esteem for the Almighty God to which it is directed. In other words, it is a respect to the Almighty God. That's what it means to fear God. It means reverencing the Almighty God. That's what it means to fear God. It means appreciating the fact that, yes, this is a holy God. It means awe-inspiring, you know, you, you, you stand in the awe of his majesty, of his goodness, of his greatness, of his power, of the things he's able to do. I don't know whether you've ever gone into any place where you enter that room and you open your mouth. <sighs> okay? That is the kind of feeling that God wants us to have for him every time. That when you come into his presence, you see his grandness. You see his, you see his majesty. You see his glory. And when you walk into his presence, you begin to say, yes, this is a place you want to be. Okay? So it means, you know, 
It means that we show, it means you show respect to the Almighty God. That's basically what reverence is all about. And that's why children revere their parents. You never see a young boy growing up who doesn't want to be like his daddy. You never see a young girl who is growing up who doesn't want to be like his mommy. Okay? If you look at, you know, if you watch me most of the time, I like to talk in my shirt. That's because that's the only way my dad dressed. He always liked to have his shirt tucked in. And I can't see myself walking about without checking up my shirt. The point I'm making is that every boy wants to be like his daddy. Every daughter wants to be like their mommy. The idea is that they revert. They place their fathers and their mothers on a very high pedestal. That they want to always be in their, they want to always be in the good books. Or in favor of their father. And that is what reverence is all about. You want your father to look at you and say, yes, this is my son. You want your mother to look at you and say, yes, this is my daughter. And that is what happened when Jesus Christ was baptized. The Bible says that the heavens opened and the Lord God Almighty said that this is my beloved son. In other words, I am proud to show him off. I am happy to show this one off. You can imagine if your son or daughter, and remember when you were in school and you came up with an A. You remember, I remember when we were still in school then. That was, a, I'm trying to date myself now, but then we used to use what is called slates. You know, slate and you write with a chalk. We write this. We write the thing in, in slate, and we write it in the chalk. The day my teacher puts a good mark, a check mark on top of it like this, I will not rub off that plate. I will not rub off that slate. The slate will go home with me, and I will make sure I place it in such a way that so that my father can see it, that I got a check mark on it. But the day I got something that is not so good, that is when I will put it close to my uniform so that it will rub off. Now you will not be able to see it. The point you are making is that every one of us want that particular sign of approval from our father in heaven. And one of the ways you get it is by respecting that particular name. It's by reverencing that particular name. So that when they mention the name of your father, you are proud to stand up and say, yes, I am the son of so-so and so. But if you don't reverence that name, and that name is being derided, what happens? You will not be able to stand up for it. It means that we show respect for the Almighty God. And like I said earlier, reverencing or respecting the name of the Almighty God is a function of your view of God. It's a function of how you see God. It's a function of your understanding of God. That now many people have now been, you know, they have been lamenting in the church. There are many people who say, well, there's no more fear of the Lord Almighty in the church. There's no more fear of the God. You know, when people come to church, people, they just treat the church just the same way like they treat any other place. They treat the word of God just like any other place. Just like any other word. They treat anything that belongs to God as if it's just like any other thing. And then they say that there's no reference for the Almighty God. But my argument is that that is not the problem. The problem is that we don't have, it's not that we don't have respect for the Almighty God. The problem is that we have lost what is called a consciousness of God. We have lost it. Okay? When you walk, assuming you see, let, let's, let's take a, what do you call it? Let's take a very popular movie star. If you are good into watching all this movie, you, you, are, you, are, you are good in watching, uh, you recognize all this Hollywood movie star. If you see them, immediately you see them, you recognize them, and you begin to, you know, for those who are starstruck, they always want to get their autograph or do something. But assuming you don't watch TV, assuming you don't know who this person is, and somebody like all those big movie stars shows up, and you just walk past him, you say, do you see that person? You say, who is he? You understand? <laughs> because you don't know that person. It's not because you are disrespecting the person, it's simply because you don't know him. You understand what I'm saying? The same thing in the house of God. Many people behave the way they are behaving right now in the house of God. Many people are doing what they are doing in the house of God, not because they really don't want to, not because they really want to disrespect God, but simply because they don't know God. Because if you know Him, you will be, you will, you will, you will understand what it means to behave properly in His presence. So I say that the problem with the church is not that we have lost the reverence of God. The problem is that we have lost the idea of God. We have lost the presence of God. We have lost the consciousness of God. The church no longer has a clue who God is. 
So it is natural for the church not to fear God because they don't even know who he is. Assuming if the president of this country walks into this room right now and some people don't even know him, you, the, those who know him, they will rise to their feet. Those who don't know him will say, well, what is wrong with this? Why are they standing up for this guy? It is the same thing. If you don't know the Lord, it will be difficult for you to reverence the Almighty God. The church no longer have a clue of who God is, so it is natural for the church not to fear Him because they don't know who He is. The Bible told us, if you read the book of Exodus, when Moses went on to Pharaoh, Moses said to Pharaoh, he said, let, God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh asked a natural question, a normal question. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who is the Lord that I should obey Him? Yeah, it might sound insulting, but Pharaoh was asking a very logical question. I don't know him, so why should I obey him? The same thing for you, the same thing for me. If you have not encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, why, how can you respect him? You don't know him. So the church is having that problem because, number one, the church does not know him. In other words, I don't know your God and I should not fear him. If you don't know God, you won't fear him. So you see, we have created a God that does not command our respect in the church. That's why people don't fear God. We have created a God that looks like us. We have created a God that acts and thinks like us. We have created a God that is not politically correct. A God that never tells you that you commit a sin. A God that tells you that everything is fine. A God that tells you that you can continue to live in sin and enjoy the mercy of God. That is the God that we have created. And that is how well is why we don't respect him. Why would you respect somebody you cannot, you know, who is, who is always in agreement with you? That is the problem that we are having in the church today. And that is why many fear the, many do not fear the, many do not fear God anymore. If we as a church want to see the fear of God return to our church, we as Christians must do what? We must regain the consciousness of God. And what does that mean? I mean the reverence for God starts number 1. It starts with the consciousness of God. If you know who he is, if you know who he is, it is easy for you to reference to to, to, to respect him. If you walk into a particular room right now and the president of this country is sitting down there and you recognize him, it is easy for you to respect him. But if you walk into the room and he's sitting down there in his shirt and he rolled up his shirt and you don't even know who he is, you can walk past him and you will not even respect him. The same thing with the Almighty God. The fear of the Lord starts with a consciousness of God. Number two, the fear of the Lord, the reverence for God, starts with a living encounter with that Lord God Almighty. If somebody comes in today and say, Mr. Preacher, here is the president of the U.S. And he introduces me to him. There will be a difference between seeing him on TV and seeing him in person. Two different things. The same thing. When you encounter the almighty God, there is a difference between what I'm saying right now and what you are going to experience. Two different things. It's one thing for me to tell you about God. It's another thing for you to encounter God yourself. It's a different thing for me to tell you about the attributes of the Almighty God. It's another thing for you to experience God in a very special way. If I tell you that God is able to heal, it's different when you actually pray and receive healing for your own self. It's different things. Because when I tell you about healing, then you can say, yes, I know what it means to be healed by the Almighty God. If I'm telling you about God, that, that God is able to provide all things. If you have received divine provision from the Almighty God, it's a different story. So, your reference for God, it starts when you encounter the living God. When you encounter Him. When you meet Him in person, it changes your view. Number three, your reverence for God. Start, you know, your reverence for God starts when you have an understanding of the nature of God. When you know that God is holy and you have encountered that holiness. When you, when you know that God is righteous and you encounter that righteousness. That is when your, your reverence for God will start. Your reverence for God starts when you experience the power and the authority of the almighty God. 
When God speaks to your situation, when God meets you at the point of your needs, when you are talking to the Almighty God about a particular issue in your life, and God opens up the heavens and answers your question, it changes everything about you. It changes everything about you. Regardless of what I say or how convincing I am, if the Lord visits you at the point of your needs, it changes whatever story I can tell. It changes it. So reverence for God starts when you experience the power and the authority of the Almighty God. And until that happens, until you encounter God, until you experience His power, until you experience His glory, you will continue to treat God with disrespect. You will continue to treat God as just anything. And the unfortunate thing is that when the reverence of the Almighty God is not in the life of a Christian, when the reverence of the Almighty God is not in the church of the living God, when the church does not know what it means to worship the Almighty God, look at what will happen in the book of Judges chapter 21. Judges 21 verse 25, the Bible says, In those days, when there was no king in Israel, every man did... That which was right in his own eyes. In other words, when there is no God that you fear, there's no you don't fear any God. You don't have any God that puts you in line. You don't have anything that restrains you. You don't have anything that calls you to question. You don't have anything that checks your excesses. What you find is that when there is no fear of God, when reverencing is lacking, right and wrong becomes an individual preference. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.